What brings a community together? Shared insights? Shared conversations? Welcome to Open Door by Cox Communities, tackling the big questions on the minds of smart community business leaders. Welcome back to Open Door by Cox Communities, where we're providing information for you to consider when making decisions for your multifamily communities. Discover the latest trends and technologies that are making some multifamily business owners stand out. I'm your host, Bess Friedman, CEO of Brown Harris Stevens. As technology evolves, the need for increased accessibility to that technology within multifamily communities is growing. Joining me today to discuss how to plan for a multifamily community from a technology perspective is Eric Gorenson and Christine Headland. Eric is a certified kitchen designer and radio talk show host for Around the House with Eric G. and Caroline B., And Christine is the Senior Manager of New Business Development and Major Accounts for Cox Communities. Together, we talk Tech 101 for Builders. So don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. Welcome, Eric and Christine. So nice to have you. Let's talk a little bit about multifamily community from a technology perspective. How do you think you plan for that? Where do you start? Gosh, I'll kick that off. I'd say with a lot of internet, a lot of bandwidth and a lot of internet. And I'm sure Eric can jump right in there. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those things when you're talking about planning, it seems like the developers in many cases get late into the process with this. They'll have meetings with electrical and all the utilities. And it almost seems like many times this is an afterthought that they don't bring them in soon enough into the process. I mean, great example. Um, my agent who uh, sets me up for all my speaking gigs across the country. She just moved into this huge planned community in Florida. She gets the keys to her house. None of her smart home stuff is working and they forgot to actually put the fiber optic line into the community. So now they got to tear up all the streets, all the, yards because all these homes didn't have it planned because quite frankly they just didn't think about it yeah and you know i think you know for us in our industry you know we've really taken an overall look at this and we've been in preparation exactly for this reason we're working with multifamily homes and making sure that not only are we giving them 10 gigs of service but we're also bringing that additional cat six in Because we know that down the future, you know, maybe they're a little hesitant on bringing in smart home technology today. There's still a little fear out there. But I'd say in the last six months, you know, it's I feel like I'm opening up a door at the uh, Apple store and they're all lining up outside now looking for that smart technology. Um, So now it's just making sure that we're pre-wiring that additional cat six going into each unit and making sure we've got the right equipment for maybe it's not today, but it's, you know, maybe a year or two down the road. Well, Eric, you host a pro insider podcast that is for residential building and remodeling professionals. How have you seen designing and producing multifamily communities change over the years with, you know, the way technology has been evolving? Over the last 20 years, it's really been changing before that. 
it was hard for them even to get low voltage and the other stuff into these buildings. They just didn't want to mess with it. Now you're seeing today it's a whole new thing because you've got so many potential buyers or renters into a multifamily community like this, especially when you've got mixed use. Maybe you've got stuff downstairs on the first floors. You've got a tower above it. There's so many different instances with this, but most of these people now are requiring in towers. They want, well, I want the motorized automatic blinds. I want this. So you're seeing so many more things that require so much more bandwidth than we saw even five years ago. Uh, what smart devices and appliances make sense for multifamily communities? What are some examples, would you say? You know, it's interesting. Even water heaters are becoming something that is smart because you've got these new heat pump water heaters out there that are super efficient, but now you've got brands that actually make it where they can communicate directly with the plumbing company. So you could put in 300 water heaters into a whole brand new building. And then that's going to say when there's an error code, it'll say, ah, unit 203 has an error or it needs its filter cleaned. And it'll tell it right to that plumbing company and the homeowner or the unit owner in that has no idea that something's even going on until somebody comes over and has to service it. So you're starting to see that on the appliance and even on the residential heating and cooling side. But then you get into appliances where now you've got range hoods that are talking to the range down below that you turn the you turn the cooktop on low and it turns the vent hood on low to make sure and get that air out of there. And the dishwasher's asking you, hey, you're low on dishwasher detergent. Do you want to uh, do you want to order the next Amazon delivery with that? So all of these things are happening. You know, every appliance that's going into a home now has something that's smart and they're starting to talk to each other as well. Are there any dishwashers that will actually do the dishes for you in the sense that they will, you know, clean the dishes, you know, get everything ready for you? Or you just, you know, we still have to put them in. Is there anything that we can minimize Uh, any of our, you know, sweat equity here? I want them to put them away. Well, you know, (laughs) mine clean them. I just want them to put them away. I'm seeing a trend. They've been out for about a decade now. There's those two drawer dishwashers, you know, the the Fisher Pakels and the uh, other brands like those. I'm seeing people not putting their dishes away, but because they have two drawers, they're just loading the table out of the clean side of it and then putting it back in and it's cycling through and the dishes actually never get put away. They're just getting unloaded onto the table and then loaded back in and they go through the cycle. Wait a minute. I already do that, Eric. <laughs> I just I just wait. <laughs> well, they also have refrigerators today too, don't they? They tell you what you're low on and what you should be getting and it's kind of mind blowing the advances that have been made in appliances and technology that people can have in their homes today. It it like like cuts down on the thinking. The crazy thing is now is this happened to a GE customer. If they owned a convection, you know, range here a few months ago, they sent out an update that made it an air fryer. So they bought a range a year ago and all of a sudden they have a new button on their, on their range that says air fryer. And it was just done via an update. So you're starting to see, Features get added later on down the road, and it's absolutely amazing to watch because otherwise people were like, oh, I just got a new range last year, and I want the air fryer. Guess I got to go buy another range. It just showed up on their on their touchscreen on their range, and now they've got an air fryer option. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I can't even imagine bringing this level of home appliances to our developers today because we go in with light switches and thermostats and the bare basics, or I feel they're the basics, but you know, this is, this is just going to continue to compound as far as what, you know, even in the multifamily, 
These folks are also just setting themselves up for a good sale price when they're implementing the smart technology into a multi-home. You know, some of our developers aren't even getting lease ups and they're already selling the development because there is, you know, there's just that mad craze right now to, uh, to put their foot in the market. So th- this is, uh, this will just lead to uh, higher price points when they're ready to sell. What about security? Let's talk security a little bit. How does that factor into this whole, you know, multifamily living and technology? You know, that's probably been the biggest concern of our developers. And, and again, I'll reflect back to six months ago. You know, I think going into this multifamily development, you certainly want to look at a wired solution, especially if you're using a home security system. If you've got cameras, you know, there, there is a threat out there. You know, we've lived through that. We've watched baby, the baby cameras, the infant cameras, uh, even into to your Alexas, you know, you have people hacking into those appliances. So you have to be aware of those securities. Even for a single family home, you know, what I've instituted just in my single family home is to make sure that I've got my smart appliances and my technology running over a separate network. Because that way, yeah, they can come in and, you know, turn my coffee machine on at midnight, but they're not going to have access to my bank account. So as you're going into that, especially in a multifamily, you know, where you've got you've got a lot of folks in there, you don't know what they're doing in their day job. So I would highly suggest having that secure network. In fact, you know, that's one of the things that we do today is to make sure when we're enabling IoT or smart home technology is that we set that up on a separate network for their protection. Yeah, it's it's amazing how technology has taken off with security now because now there's all these new AI things out there with artificial intelligence where you can have a guard, the you know, the camera speeds and the reaction times are good enough now with a decent internet connection. You can sit there and I've got this at my house now where somebody walks in, it looks at it and says, Oh, that's the Amazon delivery driver or the UPS or FedEx or whoever the shipping company is. It's all good. But as soon as they see it's a person, there's a guard that pops on there in half a second and they're watching the transaction occur. And all of a sudden, you know, you've got a guard saying, hey, uh, you know, I'm the security people. What can I help you with? And so you're seeing that. And I'm seeing builders now throwing that into developments before the people have even moved in and using it as job site security and then handing that over to the homeowner when they're done. And it's it's an interesting way to go with that. And that really is when you start having to bring in, and Christine knows this, you start bringing in this Internet capability into the job site way much earlier than you ever would because they need it just for security reasons around there. And one other step that I would suggest, you know, just even for our little discussion here is how many times you walk into a home and you say, hey, Alexa, you know, and all of a sudden everybody's Alexas are going off or I've been on calls and somebody's mentioned the name and all of a sudden it's like, what would you like? So one of the other security measures that I've since learned is to make sure that you change that command. And especially if you've got kids in the house or you've got roommates in a multi-tenant, make sure that it's a common suggestion, whether it's, okay, Google or, hey, Alexa, and just change that to something that everybody knows. And then that way you don't have somebody just passing by your apartment or your home getting access into your technology. I had a listener on my radio show that got mad at me because we were talking about this very subject and I was talking about ordering a pizza and I accidentally ordered them a pizza that showed up because I was talking about it while they were listening on the radio at the house and they had a pizza show up an hour later and they were not really thrilled. And I got the, 
hey, can we not talk about that on the radio like that? You just ordered me a pizza. And I thought it was <laughs> funny, but I don't want to see doing that to other people. I won't oh my mind. gosh, Eric. I'm not offended, Eric. I don't mind. I like my pizza plain. So feel free to send it. I'm in New York City. You know, send it this way. I won't be okay. upset. Yeah, I made the same mistake. I was introducing Alexa to some friends of mine, and they're a little bit older. So I said, hey, Alexa, wake me up at 3 a.m. And of course it did. So completely forgot about it. I was explaining this, laughing, telling my son on the telephone. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I set off their Alexa. I said, hey, Alexa, wake me up at 3 a.m. And guess what? The next day, mine was waking me up at 3 a.m. So... They're, they're paying attention. Like with anything, oh, yeah. there's pros and cons to this. You know, sometimes it's good, but it's mostly good. I think it does really give people peace of mind and safety, which is so important, right? So, no question. Yeah. So what do you think is the value of embracing technological growth from an owner's, from both an owner's and a resident's perspective? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, it's interesting. You know, technology has been changing so fast over the years. The last five years, we were seeing and with people in their homes, it was the doorbells, it was the light switches and all that stuff. And now we've gone interoperability where things are now working together. That's kind of where we're going now, where everything's starting to talk together. So we're in this switch in the marketplace of builders and designers coming from that thing of, okay, I'm not, I'm just going to throw some stuff in it to working with integrators and, start, and there's this big curve now of really designing systems that work easily together versus, you know, I don't want my laundry to be sitting there telling me what the weather's doing today. I don't care. I'll be honest. But things that actually mean and work well together within people, that's kind of the big shift that I'm seeing of really getting things to play together well. And they'll miss the boat, I think, in a way, if multifamily, if, if that environment doesn't have all these advances like being able to turn your AC on before you get there or the shades or the key. all the stuff that you guys were talking about today, I think is now becoming an expectation, you know, including like having great Wi-Fi and all that other stuff. I think you're really going to be left behind if you don't equip your house this way, wouldn't you say? 100%. Yeah, we did a survey here in Arizona with one of our developers that has implemented smart home technology. And interesting enough, the top two that they were really drawn to were the thermostats, of course, because we're in Arizona and it's 952 degrees. And then on the flip side of it is the light switches. They want to lay in bed. And I don't know at what age demographics you start like quantifying this, but they want to be able to lay in bed and turn their lights on and off. And I thought, gosh, I remember back when my you know, dad would make me get up and go across the room and change the channels on the TV <laughs> And now these kids can't even turn. I shouldn't say kids. These people want, you know, to be able to access their bedroom light and ceiling fan from their cell phone. We've come a long way. My house is. <laughs> I was going to say, I know Eric and I talked about this and he's, he's like yeah. decked out. Yeah. I've, my house is one big test bed for products. So I've got probably <laughs> seven different brands of light switches in my house that I'm testing to see how one they play together, how they work together. But you know, when it comes to multifamily developments, the other thing I'm seeing too, that that I've heard complaints from, from people that have just moved into new buildings is maybe that in a more urban environment, that below grade parking garage didn't have Wi-Fi in it where people could get in there. They had no cell phone coverage. They had, so they couldn't make sure that they locked their door, that they couldn't do anything. They had to get back out onto the street to do things again. So I think you really have to look at that entire project start to finish. If you've got that rooftop bar up top that everybody's getting together with the barbecue up there for a multifamily 
Do you have a common Wi-Fi up there that people can use? Or are you just going to be going off your cell signal up there? So there's a lot of different things that you're starting to see that five years ago, even that we weren't even thinking about. Yeah, we've taken that to a new level. You know, it's it's funny. You, you talk about just leaving your building and supplying that either common area Wi-Fi or managed Wi-Fi that extends out, you know, beyond. We've got developers now say, we got a dog park out here and we want to make sure that they've got Wi-Fi, you know, out in the dog park. And I'm like, really? You need Wi-Fi in the dog park? But yeah, no, they're asking for it, you know, throughout the entire property. So what do you think are some of the common tech infrastructure things that builders can sometimes overlook when they're planning things or they may not be thinking about? I would just start with the wiring enough bandwidth, you know, making sure that you've got a solid provider going in, able to provide not just for today, but for the future. Is your provider delivering a gig? Are they delivering Are they going to two gig? Are they going to 10 gig to keep up with that demand? And are they going to have to rip up your sidewalks and your parking lot to be able to deliver that five years down the road? So I think that's very important for the developers today on technology, just having enough, truly having enough bandwidth and making sure that they're wired properly, again, with that additional CAT6 going in so that they're able to supply it. No question. Well, no single provider can do it all. So how do you engage someone who can? To me, that's dealing with that integrator that's going to come in early on in the project. And they actually have to come in at the same time as the plumbing and the electricians and the HVAC people. They need to come in early on the project to make sure that they've got all these things put together so that that can be planned for the project. Because if they haven't got those things figured out by the time framing and all these other things are going on, then they're coming in late in the game and trying to patchwork something together. That integrator, no matter if this is a single family residence or a high rise with 45 stories on it, it's that same process of making sure that you're getting all the right data to the right places in there. Because now you're seeing stuff. If you've got a, for instance, an elevator or something in a high rise, you've got to plan that internet to get around that column because rarely is the Wi-Fi going to go around there. So if the, the home office is you know hiding back around the corner in a unit, for instance, maybe that's on the other side of where an elevator shaft is and it's just a blocked off wall, but now you've got horrible Wi-Fi in there. So did they run a, a cable back there so they can plug in? Or they have stuff for a mesh setup. All those things make a difference when you're planning out. And if you don't, you're really going to miss the boat and it's going to cost you more money in the long run to fix it. Yeah, and a lot of times I think the developers have to go into this with the knowledge that it, they have to be the integrator or they have to research that prior. If you're going into a single family home, that homeowner, that buyer is going to say, okay, I'm going to allocate twenty five dollars or $50,000 to tech out my house and make it look like Eric's. Or you're going to, you know, because in an apartment complex, you know, as a renter, you're not going to go and spend even $10,000 to, you know, beef up a rental. So the developers really have to be conscious going into this, who as an integrator, who as a supplier or a tech provider is going to come in and set that up ahead of time. And how far, you know, you talk about thinking futuristically, these folks really have to be questioning their residents. What is it? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? So not only are we trying to make that developer happy or really trying to understand what they want. But now you have to get into our customer's customer and say, what do these residents want and what are they going to want five years down the road? Because we can't get back in. No question. 
how do you utilize your resources to be cost effective in this situation? I don't know. I always say planning is much less expensive than going in and trying to deal with it after the fact. You can do a lot of planning that's going to save so many headaches. And and especially in new multifamily, you've got all these people that are not going back into the office. They're working from home so many days a week or full time. And when you're out marketing a multifamily project, those are things that people are going to be paying attention to. Now, can I actually work from home for this location? And how have you addressed it? Yeah, and some of those developers are really looking even at the class of development that they're producing. You know, is this an A class? Because if this is A class, I want top of the line locks. I want the hottest, greatest thermostat. And I want light dimmers and switches in every single room. And maybe the talking refrigerator, maybe, you know, the dishwasher that does your dishes. So they're really looking by class. Because if they're producing a B or a C class, they still want to have that technology. They're still going to need that for the future. They probably just won't go as high end. I think some of the challenges we have, for example, in New York City, which is where I am, is that a lot of the buildings that are already up, some are pre-war and some are, you know, been built in the 80s, for example. And so now they're trying to make buildings efficient and have all this technology. But like you said, if there's certain columns, certain areas in the building don't have the best Wi-Fi, so they have to work around where if some developer is building from the ground up, they can literally create something that's perfect so that they don't have any of these issues. So I would think every sort of developer that's building multifamily would talk to Cox and talk to Eric and figure out how to do this to be very effective in that way, right? Yeah, I think Eric alluded to that too. You certainly, you know, you have to have that foresight going in. Because to go back into that building that was built back in the 70s, 80s, you're going to struggle, you know, getting through those. Which is why I have glitchy Wi-Fi, according to my <laughs> teenage son. It's glitchy. It's always glitchy. You know, they, that's the biggest complaint. So how do you start defining the expectations of the end user? How would you start to do that? On our side, I'll start, Eric, and I know you've probably yeah. got a multitude because you really think on that on that line, I'm thinking, you know, what does a developer want to deliver? And then I'm, I'm moving on. But the one common thread that we hear is make it simple to use. When you're setting up that app for all of your smart technology, give them one app. People want simplicity. You know, they want something that is easy to download. They want just to have that at their fingertips. They want to pay their rent. They want to open their door. They want to be able to go through the gate to the pool, and they want that on one app. So I would say if you're looking for residents, that's their biggest thought process in getting into smart technology. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think the other thing that they need to think about in this is maintenance. You know, okay, do they have their maintenance guy? Can they come in and alert that person through that app? Okay, can they make sure and get access in there? Do they have an ability to open the door to get into the unit without having to have a a bunch of keys, and then do they have it set up where if the water heater needs maintenance or the AC or even the appliance trouble codes, now those are communicating. Are they going to loop you back in? Many of these appliances now that are back into these units, it'll tell you right on their sign-in screen from a maintenance perspective that, hey, we've got a problem over here, we got an issue over here, and you can really work with that. And that includes leak detection and things like that that you would normally see and uh, energy monitoring. So there's a lot of things that they can do to really control that in this multifamily environment. 
which in the end saves that, that building owner money because now they can be preventive with it or catch it before, you know, a flood happens or there's a, there's an issue that causes major damage. Oh my gosh. I have a great story on that one, Eric. I was out in Park City. I was renting a VRBO and I was 11 o'clock at night and I'm sitting there beautiful. Like I'm talking million dollar condo complex and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden water starts coming through one of the light fixtures over the bar in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden it comes, starts gushing through a canister light. And I'm sitting there and it's just like, they obviously did not have leak detectors because I believe it all came from the floor above that was empty and water just kept gushing in. So, and I was sitting there taking videos. I've got a sled underneath the water, bailing that out constantly. So when I share this with developers, I've got the picture on my phone. I go, no, you need leak sensors. You definitely need those. Not to mention the fact, but it also saves them on their insurance when, you know, the developer is coming in to say, we've got leak sensors in, you know, for the hot water heater and for the washer and dryer and underneath the kitchen sink. So that way they're a little bit more protected. There's ones that you can actually mount now where the water comes into the unit. And as soon as it notices something out of the ordinary, like that running, it shuts the water off the entire unit. So even if someone's not there, it goes, it's not sounding an alarm. It's actually going to shut the water off. And then you have to go reset it once you get it fixed. But if you've got that broken pipe, let's say it's the hose leading up to the wash machine. I've seen millions of dollars of damage with that over the years. And when those things fail and it just turns it off, you might get five or 10 gallons on the floor, but that's not, you know, 150 gallons that's going down the stairs or into the next unit. Okay, guys. So how does eco-friendly and green building factor into tech decisions for multifamily? I think it's huge because the problem that we see with green building out there, especially when when you get into lead buildings and things like that, is that it's a really good system to build an energy efficient building, but it also can lead to really bad, unhealthy issues inside that building if it wasn't designed or managed correctly. So where you see this happening is, like we were talking about with appliances early, you know, the, the biggest polluter inside your home is not turning on that vent fan that goes outside in the kitchen when you're cooking. That's the biggest air pollution you can have inside your home is not using that correctly. But if your cooktop does it automatically, now you know in that entire building that, okay, that's going to exhaust because as soon as they turn the cooktop on, the fans turn it on. And so you start to see some of the automations that work with that. And now you're seeing companies come out with sensors that literally just plug into the wall that will react and turn on bath fans and things like that if it notices an unhealthy environment. And so there's some new products that are coming out now that are literally plug and play, and it'll turn on that energy recovery ventilator or go, wow, there's too much carbon dioxide. We're going to open up the bath fans and bring some fresh air in and do some stuff like that. So it's really changing and making what used to be some unhealthy situations much more healthier for the people inside how that goes to a, a construction as well is now you have less mold issues and moisture issues. And so there's much le- less maintenance on the inside that has to be done as well. Yeah, and that'll just tag off to the, you know, the thermostats today. Not only is it for the residents that reside inside, but for the property management firm that's overseen. You know, if you have an empty unit and you see that the air conditioner has been running nonstop, it's alerting you either in your portal or on your cell phone for that property management company to say, hey, we need to send somebody out. Or if you see a home that the air conditioner hasn't been running and you've got something, you know, up to over 100 degrees, is somebody living in that unit? 
So really just being able to monitor the temperature, again, really helps with that green. Not to mention the fact that it also, for those developers, gives them an added benefit through most power companies. They're going to say, oh, you're using smart technology, smart thermostats. We're going to give you back $45 a unit or $35 a unit for each one of those thermostats. So there is money to be recouped when they're implementing. There's also these uh, these smart energy, uh, you know, that monitor the electricity as well. And so what they can do is go, wow, we have got some energy usage that is heavy, even in these empty units. What's going on? And I have seen major problems in buildings be found because maybe a water recycling pump that was made at the same time is in every unit. That thing was running and defective. I've seen it where they've found hundreds of units out there in developments where there was a defective product because they were all put in at the same time. And then that was costing people thousands of extra dollars a month in electricity. And so now they can go back and maintain that. So guys, let's talk about the future a little bit. Where do you see the future of technology integration with multifamily communities? And let's say the next five to 10 years, what do you think? What's it going to be like? Gosh, I don't know. It jumped so fast over COVID that, you know, it exceeded our our expectations, just taking technology over over every edge that we could even come up with. You know, everybody kind of refers back to the Jetsons, but I, I honestly don't think it's that far off. I, I think we're there. Yeah, no question. I think you're going to see a switch from, you know, it's funny, the word smart home is really not the correct word because many of these things aren't that smart. You're having to use them. You're having to use your app to turn off a light switch. You're having to do that. Now you're going to see a lot more automation where those light switches, you know, we had a Christine, somebody up on stage with us up there. These guys have a switch that when you walk into the room, it hears you, it sees you, it's watching the light. So it's automatically adjusting the light just for the room you're in. So you never have to touch that light switch. You don't have to have your phone with you. It's turning it on to the optimum light level for you. So you're going to start to see things doing things automatically versus you reaching for your phone to grab it, to operate it. It's just going to do it for you and it's going to learn what you're doing so it knows what to do and when to do it. I absolutely loved having that discussion because I believe I shared too, you know, not only we always think that it's the young generation that wants all this high tech, all this smart technology or not so smart technology, but I have my mom and and stepdad live up in a small town in North Dakota and they don't have folks that stop by every single day and say, hey, how are you doing? And so this this particular light switch has really had me thinking, you know, do I go, you know, instead of implementing cameras and having to spy on them, do I put that light switch in their kitchen, which is their favorite room in the entire house? You know, do you put that in there because it's detecting that motion and it's detecting that that voice activation? And that way it would just give me peace of mind to know, hey, they got out of bed this morning. You know, it looks like somebody's moving around. Everybody's okay. So, you know, those are the things to think of as you're dealing with elderly parents or, you know, even, you know, your kids. Yeah, I think it's such a great I mean, the future is very bright. There's so many advances coming and already, you know, so many pluses that you can have and make your life a lot easier in your home. So, well, I have found this to be so informative and I want to thank both of you for sharing your knowledge and thank you and and hope you guys are going to have a great rest of the day and hope to see you soon. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Bess. And, and thank you, Eric. It's so good to see you again. You too. 
Thank you so much to Eric and Christine for sitting down with us today and giving us a rundown on Tech 101 for Builders. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate and leave a review or subscribe if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Bess Friedman, and this has been Open Door, brought to you by Cox Communities. Cox Communities.